Hello everyone, welcome to Terrace Talk. We're back in the familiar surroundings of the Wolfpack. It went very well last week, so uh, we decided to stay in here. Although, sadly, we can't be as positive as we were last week because we are reflecting on a Norwich City defeat. Two new guests, uh, well, one who's been on before. You're, you're one away from the hat-trick ball now, uh, uh, Terry. You, of course, came on, I think it was before the Manchester United game. We were sat outside Carrow Road, so this is a, a little bit warmer for you, at least. And uh, Craig Bailey, who's making his, uh, his first appearance from the uh, Norwich City Fan Social Club as well. Um, of course, we are going to be talking about Sheffield United and Southampton, of course, which is coming up on Saturday, uh, all being well. And then we have got some uh, quick fire questions to go through as well. We might as well touch upon Tim Krull, who uh, has been called up to the uh, Dutch national job. We've got Cheltenham on in the background, which is why there's a few people getting very excited as they try and uh, cash in their, their bets. Uh, if you're watching this on video, iPhone's here for microphone purposes. We uh, were sadly not blessed with the... Uh, with the finances of, of some other uh, productions, but there we go. We, we may do with what we've got. So, Craig, we're going to come to you first. Uh, this is your, your Jeremy Paxman-like grilling from oh, me. Grill me like a juicy <laughs> I, burger. I am, but it's, Sorry, <laughs> but it's, it's not going to be too tough, I promise. So, we'll start a nice, easy one. Where do you sit in the ground? I currently sit in the upper Barclay, um, so I go with my dad. But I have been a bit of a journeyman in several areas, so started lower Barclay many, many moons ago. Um, had a brief spell in the South Stand, an even briefer spell in the Norwich and Peterborough stroke River End in Old Money. I forget what they call it these days. But, um, you know, and then moved back to the Barclay, but upper, because convinced my dad to come back. But he finds sometimes it's a bit distracting if it's in the lower Barclay. So I compromised with him, gone for the upper Barclay. That's fair enough. You've, you've preempted my second question. I was going to ask you who you go with, but you've, ah, you've answered that. So instead, days. instead, I will ask you, uh, of all the stands you've been around, which one's your favourite to be in? I think I know the answer to this. The answer for me personally is the Lower Barclay because I like I liked a bit of a sing-song. But, um, yeah, I didn't, didn't get on with the others. That's not to say that other people don't enjoy them. Absolutely respect their right to do whatever they like at football. Yeah, different people support in different ways, don't exactly. they? Which is, which is totally fine. Um, what was your first game? Or I'll, I'll caveat this with what's the first game you can remember? Because I, I, I think my first game was in like 2001. So I can't really remember that. But yeah. obviously for different people, well, it's, it's different games. Isn't it? You're a young man, Connor. So, you know, yours in 2001. Mine, I have to go back a lot further. And I am ashamed to say I don't remember exactly which it was, but it would have been mid-80s sometime. Probably the season before we won the Milk Cup. It would have been one of the league games, you know, so I didn't have a season ticket, so I had to go when I, as and when. I've got a feeling it might have been West Brom at home, and I can't remember what the result was. It's funny, because usually <laughs> I ask people that question, they go, oh, it was, a, it was a defeat, and they lost by this much. So the fact you can't remember might suggest that it was, uh, it was probably a draw. I, Maybe. I would hint at, but I'm sure, I'm sure someone like, will correct us. I was eight or nine, so uh, I genuinely can't remember. That's fair enough. I'm sure someone will correct us, uh, no doubt. Uh, what about your favourite game that you've been to? What's the favourite game you've watched at Norwich City? Remember. So probably an away game, actually. And the bizarrely enough, I know there wasn't a lot on it, but the away game against Man City under Chris Hutton. And the reason is, because I went to pretty much every away game under Chris Hutton, and that was not, you know, that was a thankless task, being <laughs> honest. And to see us beat Man City, albeit when they didn't have a lot to play for, you know. And I've got Johnny Housen's shirt from that game. Have you? I have. 
And, you know, so I was a bit of a Johnny Housen fan when he was here. Is that here. the day he scored no, that goal? That was the day he scored that goal. So I've got the shirt that he scored that goal in. So for that reason, that's my, that's my favourite one that I've, I've watched. Love that. Great story. What about your favourite niche player? So you, everyone's got a player that they really feel <laughs> a, an affection with that yeah. perhaps the wider, the wider Norwich East sphere would be like, why? So yeah. that's, that's what I want to know. Who's yours? So I've got loads. Okay. But the one I'm going to pick, because I was thinking about this on the scene of other episodes and what have you, but the one I'm going to pick is due to a mutual friend of Terry and, and ours, actually. And it's a, a left-back named Eric Fugelstad. Why? Now, not many people remember him, being honest, but our mutual friend Rob came up with a song for Eric Fugelstad, right. which was to the tune of uh, Scooby Snacks by the Fun-Loving Criminals, which went running around robbing players of the ball, Eric Fugelstad, right. which I loved, and it never took off. Never th- but for that reason, no idea why... <laughs> Well, I loved it. That's, that's but for that reason, I'm going to pick Eric. Maybe, maybe we can revive it somehow. I'm not maybe. sure. How many, if, we, if anyone can fit a current Norwich player into that, then we'll be, we'll be well away. That's one for the, uh, the long-term Norwich chance, I think. Um, any pre-match rituals that you have? Footballers are a superstitious bunch. Supporters are as well. Do you have any that you abide by? In general life, I'm completely not superstitious. When it comes to football, I am stupidly superstitious. So I've got lucky socks, which are yellow. I've got... Lucky boxers, which have been changed over the seasons and games. And washed, I hope. And washed, indeed, <laughs> yep. I've got a Norwich City mug that I always have to drink my cup of tea out of in the morning. Good. And I've got a watch, which has got yellow and green, which is a more newer one. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're the rituals. I like, I like them. I like them. There you go. That's your grilling over. That wasn't too Thanks. bad, was it? It wasn't they too bad. Help, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I was going to especially this season, they haven't. No, no. Did you wear them for the Man City game? Um, I was out of the country for the Men's City game. Well, well maybe, 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 yeah, exactly. You said it, not me. You said it, not me. Terry, let's come on to you then. This is your completely new set, never had before questions. Right, okay. I had to sort of sit around and, and work these out because usually it's just a formulaic because we have new guests, but this is your second appearance. Um, so I'm going to kick off first one, favourite loan signing ever. ever. Does, does Darren Huckabee count? I'll let you have it. Because he did come on loan and he's got to be the best loan signing we've ever had. Um, definitely the biggest success. So um, I'd probably, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Aaron Huckabee. And we've had some really good ones um, whose names I can't remember right now. So I'm going to stick with Huckabee. Fair enough. I, I wondered if we'd have uh, Sibierski or, or Lupoli today, but not, <laughs> no, not, not quite. Not, no. not in the running. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favourite Norwich City manager? I, I think... Because a few years ago, this perhaps would have been a fairly nailed-on answer, but it's, it's a little bit interesting now, isn't it? It is interesting, and actually, I would probably say Dave Stringer nice. is my favourite manager, um, partly because of his long service for the club. Obviously, he was captain, he, was, he played in defence for many seasons, he then was a coach, he then was a manager, and he still was involved in the club after that. And you can argue that it was him that set up the team that went on to come third in the Premier League and go into Europe and beat Bayern Munich so and he's a lovely bloke so I'm going to go Dave Stringer there we go you can't beat a bit of Dave Stringer um, I'm gonna, we're going to dwell on a little bit of a, an interesting point controversial topic because we like <laughs> we like to uh, ruffle a few feathers we, we spoke about this a little bit off air what is your Norwich City unpopular opinion um, well, I'm very much what people call a happy clapper, um, and I'm not that bothered if we get relegated. And that okay, I, I, I will <laughs> respond to that with why. Well, I mean, if we stuff it, would be brilliant. Don't get me wrong, but this season hasn't had a lot of fun in it. It's been a bit of a drudge, um, and 
the games aren't that frequent and championship is just so much fun there's games you know two games a week there's goals are plenty anybody can be everybody um i think you get better atmospheres in the ground it's just more fun um and ovar oh i forgot all about that yeah that as well um so if we go down it's fine we're not, we're not going to be any financial problems the club will be fine players may go but they may go if we stay up so yeah I'm a bit let's say fair about it I like it I'm not sure that's as unpopular as you think it may be <laughs> but we'll, we'll see um, what about your least favourite club we're obviously going to exclude the obvious uh, contenders for that um, so Ipswich Town Leeds etc that's one you've got a bit of an obscure dislike for well it's not obscure um, and it's going to really upset um, Russell Martin fans but Milton Keynes um I was born in Wimbledon, so I have an affinity with Wimbledon Football Club and obviously have had to restart and build again from the bottom as AFC Wimbledon. And there's still a bit of bitterness there, quite understandably, about their club was taken to them and became Milton Keynes. So, yeah, that's the club I really don't like. Yeah, we all want to see Russ do well, though, don't we? It's, uh, it's a difficult one, that, isn't it, for football fans? Um, what about your favourite away ground? What's, what's your favourite one that you like to visit? That's a, that's a good question. Um, I quite like some of the smaller grounds. I mean, not because of the ground itself, but because of the atmosphere. So, like, going to crew away, like, there's a chippy around the corner and there's a nice friendly pub. And I quite like going to those kind of places as well as the big, sort of flashy stadiums. I went to Tottenham for the cup game, you know, like most people did. And it was, yes, it's an amazing stadium. It's like a spaceship, isn't it? It is, especially at night with all the lights on and everything. But I do quite like those friendly grounds where you can just go and mix with the, the home fans in the pub and have a few beers, and I quite like that, actually. Yeah, I, I quite like Rotherham, actually. I've got a bit of a soft yes. spot for that, um, for, for that reason, actually. Yeah. I do quite like the, the smaller grounds. A um, bit, bit different, as you say. Um, OK, last question for you. This, is, this for me, is, is probably quite a, a tough one. We'll see how it is for you. Which is the one Norwich City player that you've been absolutely gutted to see leave? That, that I've seen leave. Unfortunately, I've seen quite a few players leave. I was going to say, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, I mean, Darren Eady leaving was a, was a bit of a shock because um, he was a young and upcoming player and he left at a time when there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes at the club. I remember being very gutted about that. So I think he's probably the most the one I remember the most. But yeah, there's a few times. Well, Chris Sutton as well. We all remember that famous interview where Robert Chase says, oh, if he, I'll be here if you're there or whatever it is. And then he left almost straight away um, so that was pretty gutting as well so it's probably between Chris Sutton and Darren Eady cool that's that's your questions over so we got, we got through those okay we're, we're all still feeling alright yep all right. good right <laughs> let's let's sadly dissect into uh, into the football Norwich City of course got beat 1-0 by Sheffield United at, at Bramall Lane on Saturday uh, Craig let's come to you first what are your reflections on this it was it was after the Lord Mayor's show a little bit, wasn't it? It was a did, bit. Did you feel that? I did feel that. You know, and it's, it's often the way, you know, when you have a game like Spurs game and what have you. We both went to extra time. They had a day extra, obviously. But I don't know, it's, it was frustrating, but sort of expected, if I'm going to be honest. So they've, they've got that system, haven't they, where they overload the flanks, the overlapping centre-backs, as they call it. And nobody seems so far this season to really have sorted that. And I don't know, it felt like, if I'm honest... I think we've got better footballers than Sheffield United. Probably they wouldn't agree, I'm sure. I've been berated by a few of their fans on Twitter before. <laughs> I'm sure I will again. But I think we've generally got better footballers than them. But they're, I'm not saying that they're just a big team, because they're more than that. They're definitely more than that. But they were bigger than us, and they played their game really well, and we didn't deal with it. 
Yeah, I, I get what you mean. In terms of individual players, you, you probably, like, for example, if you compare speculation, there's been a lot more speculation around the Norwich City players than yeah. they have the Sheffield United players. Yeah. But, yeah, Sheffield United are where they are in the league. Exactly. They're probably a better team, aren't they? Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting one. Terry, let's come to you. Were you at Bramall Lane on, on Saturday? No, I, I yeah, did think about going. And at the last minute, I thought, no, after having had the late night, go Wise. to Spurs, yeah. And I thought we might get a draw. I actually thought we might get a draw because I know they've been surprising a lot of teams in the Premier League this season. But I thought, well, we, we know them really well. We know their players, their manager well. And I thought we'd be able to match them. And we nearly did. We, if, you know, if that chance from Godfrey had gone in, we would have got a draw. And I would have been really happy with the draw because that's a really good result. But unfortunately, we couldn't quite hang on. And I've been to a few away games this season. And let's face it, they've been pretty grim. I've been seen 2-0, 3-0, 2-0 away from home. So it was disappointing, but probably not completely unexpected if I'm honest um, I'm not surprised that they sneaked it but I was just uh, hoping we were going to get that point yeah it's, it's what Sheffield United do it's why they've had such a good season they keep themselves in games they take their opportunities they get three points it's, it's kind they of do. the story of the season but I suppose equally there'll be a lot of Norwich fans again looking enviously to, to Sheffield United and what they've achieved this season but by the same token if you look at Sheffield United's injuries well, I think of their back three, I think John Egan's missed one yeah, fixture. If you exactly. compare that to Norwich City, it's stark, it's, isn't it? It is stark. And, you know, when you look at the stats, of often when you go up, people say, oh, you're going to score enough goals. But actually, if you look at the stats, it's actually the teams who go up who can defend better, who tend to do, to do better. Yeah. So, in that respect, they were always probably a little bit more set than we were because we weren't exactly brilliant at defending in the championship. But... That being said, I can't help feeling it's one of those frustrating seasons. And I kind of think if we didn't have the amount of injuries we had early on in the season, I don't think we'd have been in the position we are now. I'm not saying we'd be where they are. I don't think we would have been. But I think we'd have been more in the hunt for, for the sort of mid, mid to lower of the, of the bottom half than we are now, for certain. Yeah, I, I think there'd be some inside the walls. Probably Daniel Farker would agree with you, actually, uh, with that. Um, Timmy Puki, I, I want to talk about him. He's, he's in a, a bit of a weird bit of form at the moment isn't he Where it, obviously it's, it's not quite Daniel Farker described it as saying he needs to score a dirty goal which I think is what Steve McLaren scores, calls not a real goal or whatever, <laughs> whatever he described his goal off his shoulder last season yeah. um, he does need one of them it's just not falling for him at the moment is it in the same way it has done throughout his Norwich career so far no I think I think we've been spoiled because basically since he started when he came to us he's just hit the ground running and just been scoring goals for fun and every striker goes through a period where they don't score. And he was really lucky. Like, you go back to that Spurs home game and the VAR goal that was disallowed, which had never been disallowed. And almost since then, he's really struggled. And the thing is, he works so hard. He's one of the hardest working players on the pitch. He'll get back and defend and he'll win the ball if we've lost possession. So he brings a lot to the team other than goal scoring. But unfortunately, nobody else has picked up that mantle. So he's not scoring. Nobody else is scoring. And suddenly we're looking really thin when it comes to goals. And I can imagine that he's probably getting a bit tired. And he's obviously, you know, coronavirus aside, he might have a really busy summer coming up because obviously he'll be playing for Finland and he'll want to be fresh for that as well. So you do think perhaps it is time to give him a rest. And you think if he does get that, he'll probably come back and get a hat-trick. Yeah, yeah, you do. He's, he's played a lot of football, hasn't he? A lot of minutes he's played. Do you feel like Norwich have been a little bit too over-reliant on him because the way they play, he's obviously a goal scorer. He was always going to play a lot of this season. But equally, he's, he is to Norwich what he is to Finland. He's the main man, he's the main goal-getter. They struggle without, without him, don't they? And are we kind of seeing a, a team of Puki that's, that's quite fatigued, both with minutes on the pitch, but equally mentally, with how much pressure is, is being put on him by both club and country? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was at um, the Newcastle 0-0 
and there was a one-on-one he had there that last season he would have buried it, absolutely buried it. But now I don't know if he's just that fraction of a second too slow or there's a bit of doubt in his mind. He's not finishing just as he has done. And he's a great player and he's brilliant for us, but I think it probably is time to rest him. And that's not because I think there are better strikers than him, I just think because I think he needs a couple of weeks off rest, get himself back into top form again and then he'll come back and be back to his best again. Yeah, Craig, what do you make of Timmy Pukki at the moment? Would you would you give him a little bit of a rest? I've, I'm not sure I'd give him a rest, but I think I'm right in saying that when he first came to us, he played sort of attacking midfield, left for a little spell. And one of the things that struck me against Sheffield United is how open our fullbacks were to that overlap. And, you know, I'm not one of the Campwell bashers by any stretch of measure. The guy's been brilliant. But he looked dead on his feet from the, the cup game and he offered no help to Lewis whatsoever in that first half. I don't think he could physically. So I'm wondering whether you could bring Drimich in up front, switch Pookie there. His work rate's really good, so you know he's going to provide a bit more cover and whether that's a way of getting them both in to the team or not. don't know. So, yeah, I was, 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 was going to come on to Josip Dermich, but just, just finally on Pookie, that toe injury that he, that he got against Leicester, do you feel like he's still feeling the effects of that? Because it... Yeah, I remember in that game at the King Power in the second half after that incident had happened he'd had almost an identical chance to the one yeah. he converted and he didn't quite connect to it in the same way and it's not happened since No, it's not happened since and I think you're bang on with that I think for us I don't know if he still is but for certainly for a period he was playing with injections to numb his toe and numb that area now if you numb your main tool <laughs> hey pardon the you know pardon the, uh, the phrase but he's going to have a problem isn't it you know he's going to have a, a thought of I can't quite feel that ball correctly I'm not sure if I'm going to strike it it's self-doubt it's self-doubt and he's a confidence player you know he's a classic confidence player and when he's on song and confident he looks like he'll never miss you know he looks you know ice cool and he's never going to miss and that, since then being honest he hasn't looked like that and you know also and as a fan when you're watching and you saw him go through you didn't have any doubt did you you were like goal you're getting ready to celebrate yeah. now you wait because you're thinking oh I'm not sure and that's not criticism I think it's genuinely that he's he's had that problem it's in the back of his mind I also think he is you know pretty tired he's had years as the main man mentally as well as, as physically being the main man for us and Finland it's going to have an effect at some point so yeah I think it's, it's definitely had an effect whether we could have managed that better it's really difficult isn't it because Drimic hasn't been fully fit all season either so you come back to the, the injury situations you know either again wasn't available at that particular time I don't think from memory it's, it's really difficult yeah Ida played once against Manchester United didn't he and had a really difficult afternoon yeah, really. I think I think I think any striker would have had a really difficult afternoon the way Norwich yeah. City played that that <laughs> that afternoon at Old Trafford Josip Dermic there's, there's been a lot of calls both on social media throughout the fan base really for him to start this game against Southampton coming up I, I felt he did fairly well when he came on against Leicester did exactly what Norwich needs to do hold, hold the ball up flicked it on um <laughs> Managed the game, I think is probably the, the term we'll use. Did quite well. Would you like to see him start against Southampton? Yeah, I think he did quite well against Spurs in the cup yes. as well. I think um, I think he definitely deserves a chance. Um, I think you know with the, the Timmy Pookie situation, I'd be quite happy to see Dermich come in. I think you know he got a goal again. It might be a little bit of a fluky goal that he got against Spurs, but it doesn't really matter right now. He's, he'll be full of confidence. He's got he seems to be full of energy and running, which is what we need right now. Um, yeah, why not? Why not give him a chance? Yeah, there was, there was some nice quotes from him that uh, my colleague Dave Freezer put together. Where I, th- I think the exact quote was, "I live for this, I dream for this," or something. After when he spoke about that Spurs goal, which is, it sounds like the lyrics of a new song That's after his uh, new song coming, yeah, isn't it? yeah, exactly after his uh, hit. Not was what it? I'm going to no, check out. No, no tomorrow, <laughs> which was uh, which was interesting. So 
if you both want to see Dermich, which I kind of feel is is the vibe, would you go for a two then, or, or would you just stick with Dermich and, and drop Puki out altogether? Wow, there, there's a question. Um, after having said that, I think Puki needs a break. <laughs> I'd put well, I uh, I would put him on the bench because the thing is, you could then bring him on if you need him. I think. Um, and if you go to, I mean, we can quite easily go to two up front, but obviously that means changing all the positions behind. Um, and you think, this late in the season, do we want to start changing formation? I mean, I don't know. But it, you know, it, the thing is with Southampton is we kind of need to win, but we also really can't lose. And it's like you don't want to take too many risks because, you know, if we get a draw, it's not the end of the world. But if we lose, then you're thinking, you know, how, how is that actually going to set us up for the rest of the season? So it's like, do you take a big gamble and change the formation and the way we play for one game that we really have to win? I would err on the side of caution and probably just swap, switch, put Pookie on the bench, bring him on if we need him, start with Dervich and keep it the same system. That's interesting. We, we saw Daniel Farker change it in the second half against Sheffield United. He went to a diamond, which uh, not a lot of Norwich City fans associate with Paul Lambert, don't they? But, yeah. Yeah, and it did kind of work to an extent. They, they looked to find Dermot sort of in the air yeah. and he knocked it down. They tried to play off him. Yeah. Is that something that could work this weekend for you? It could. Um, it's interesting because obviously Dermot is a very different player to Puki. Completely different type of striker. Puki's never going to be one who wants to win headers. In fact, that's why he had his doubts about joining English football. So, for me, I think, I don't want to sound like I'm a broken record with injuries, but I think if we'd have had fit centre-backs this season, we probably would have seen three at the back a lot more with Lewis and Aaron's as wing-backs. Agree. Um, but we can't do that. But if you do do that, then you can get two up front. My view is probably what I said earlier, is I'd probably play Drimmage, but I'd probably put Puki on the, on the left side of the attacking three. And I'd really like to see Buendia in the middle of that attacking three as well. See, that was my next question. So if, if Puki's moving to the left for you, does that mean one of Buendia or Cantwell drops out? Or are you just shifting Buendia across and dropping would, Duda out? I would drop Duda out and, uh, and put Buendia in the middle. Because really, in, in Duda and Cantwell and Buendia, you've got three players who all, and Steepman, you've got three players who all want to do the number 10 role. You know, we play that narrow, so they're all attacking midfielders and then use the fullbacks wider. But... I don't know, I think one of the tactical things against Sheffield United would have been if you could have played somebody who's a bit more in those wide areas, a bit more savvy. I know Rupp or Rupp has had a lot of uh, stick, but actually it was probably the type of game where maybe he should have played and actually would have been a bit more defensive-minded. But uh, against Southampton, I think you've got to stick with the 4-2-3-1 the that's been doing as well. But I think maybe a change on the switch Pookie back a little bit, bring Drimmich in, Wendier in the middle, Cantwell on the right... Drop Duda down. I think Duda's a really good player, but I've always been suspicious of lone players when you're in a dogfight. You know, he's not going to be here next season. Other than showcasing himself, which I'm sure he wants to do, he hasn't got a lot to, to play for like some of the other lads. No, I'd agree. I think perhaps beyond his debut and I'd argue the second half against Leicester, we haven't yeah. really seen too much on him, which no. is a bit of a shame given his pedigree. Um, we've spoken a lot about the attack. I want to speak about the other end of the pitch Tim Cruel uh, today it was uh, we're recording this on Wednesday he's, he's been recalled to the uh, to the Netherlands provisional squad which is uh, a squad of about 30 I think Leroy Fair is also in it If uh, for those interested first time since 2015 he actually got in that bad knee injury in a in a game for uh, the Netherlands which was his last in a, a 2-1 win over Kazakhstan on an artificial pitch quite some journey he's been on to get back here but it just goes to show how good he's been this season and really how big a journey he's been on I think since he joined Norwich and probably even before that 
Yeah, definitely. I think you can see that when he, he came to Norwich, he saw it as an opportunity that he t- took with both hands. And he was, you know, there, there were a few little mistakes and errors in the early part of his time at Norwich City, but that's just because he hadn't been playing. Uh, but the, by the end of last season, he was one of the, the first names on the team sheet. He was super reliable. Almost like the whole way we played was built from, built from the back and the way he played the ball. And this season, we've had a lot... One of the reasons I think we've struggled this season, we've got a lot of inexperienced players in the squad. So we've really relied on experience. And the one who has that in space is obviously Tim Claw. And that's no... no no uh, surprise that he's ended up being our player of the season, I think, this year. Um, and uh, obviously, after the heroics at Spurs in the cup, showing that he can, you know, he can actually win a game, win a tie for you as well. Um, it's brilliant, and you could see that he just enjoys it so much. He really appreciates the opportunity that Norwich has given him, and getting promoted with Norwich. Um, and now he's, you know, he's been outstanding this season. I, I would say he's returned back to, to where he was uh, before he left Newcastle. Actually, when, when he was getting linked to Manchester United and clubs like that, he's uh, he's been superb this year. And of course, this ties in with Ralph Fearman, who has uh, left the club. He's gone to Norway, hasn't he, on loan? Bran, um, where he's ended up, I think, till till March or till the summer or something. Uh, no, their season starts in March. He's there till the summer. That's that's it. I get, get confused. Um, what what way do you lean with this? Because I've seen a few people say, well. It was, a, it was poor recruitment and just shows how poor the summer was. But equally, you could argue he did his job, really. He pushed Tim Krul. Tim Krul has excelled. Yeah. What side of the argument do you sit on? I'm definitely on the latter. So I think, you know, getting him in, did Krul have any realistic competition before he came in? I don't think he did. So, you know, you need competition in the squad. So he came in. There's two things with Krul. One, he knows he's got competition. Two, he's had a full season under his belt for the first time in like three or four seasons. You know, so when he did come in, you know, he got a little bit of stick from some fans, but, you know, he needed games. And as Terry said, as the season went on, he got better and better. And this season he's been superb. Um, so I think it's a good, a good move. They're not always going to work out. He wanted to be in the first team. Krull wanted to be in the first team. Krull played better. That's it. Thanks, Ralph. Although he did almost... <laughs> He did almost drive into the back of me once in the Norwich City car park in his in his car. So glad to see the back of him. No, I'm, I'm just, he did. I'm not. Well, he, you know, he, didn't see, he didn't see the back of you, did he? he didn't <laughs> <was the> back. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a difficult one. I, I was kind of thinking this week, but on the point you just made, if Norwich City had a Tim Krul figure in midfield, maybe this season could have gone differently. Because if you think about perhaps three of the most consistent performers you'd say well Tim Krull uh, Alex Tetti Sam Byron would be right up there three players of Premier League experience yeah exactly and Grant Hanley as well has done superbly this season and you can tell that it's the younger players or the people who haven't played at this level are the ones that have struggled a bit which is kind of understandable you know if they've never played at this level never played with these kind of players then they're going to take a little while to settle in which is that alongside all those injuries that we had at the start of the season meant it was really difficult um, yeah and it is, if we had more of Tim Cole's experience throughout the squad we could probably be in a better position but getting those players in is another matter isn't it it certainly is yeah right let's let's just uh, wrap up this, this cruel debate then uh, I suppose the question is Craig and Terry's already uh, given him the Barry Butler trophy would yeah. you has he been player of the season for you I think it's um, yes is a short answer but I think there's some notable mentions for Todd Cantwell in there who I think has surprised absolutely everybody except maybe himself um, but yeah I think I think Krull edges it uh, just because of the, the consistency um, but yeah Todd I think will be second being honest and maybe Max third no place for Pookie I don't think he'll get in the top three this season Buendia uh, do you know what that's probably a good shout because you know I love Emmy, don't get me wrong, as, as everybody does. 
But, you know, if you look at some of Huck's tweets, he does need to improve his end, end product, doesn't he, ultimately? Let's talk Southampton then. We've we kind of touched upon it, but is this... I mean, I, I feel like as we accelerate towards Saturday, terms like must-win, six-pointer, they're all going to be used. But it does kind of feel like that because if Norwich City do want to pull off this little miracle, although I'd argue it's slightly bigger than that. Um, <laughs> Quite a big miracle. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Then their home game is going to be crucial. They pretty much have to win all of them. And I think one draw away from home will give them 39 points, which you would imagine would probably be enough. So home games are massive. This one is massive, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely massive. And I think uh, like the last home game against Leicester was massive. The home game against Bournemouth was massive. We've got to win all of our home games to have any chance. So, yeah, we need to win. Obviously, we've got this cut run happening at the same time, which at the moment actually hasn't been a distraction. It's actually helped to get players raise players up to performing at the league level so it's been a positive so far and I hope that it does continue to be so as well because obviously now we've got the Everton game that's now going to be rearranged and going to be played later in the season whether that's going to be an advantage to us or not we don't know yet because we don't know what it's going to be um, but yeah we have, we have to win we just have to <laughs> yeah it's, it's as simple as that isn't it Norwich do have to win yeah if we want to stay up we've got five home games left which are or five in a row which I think are winnable you know before that season I looked at those and thought do you know what we could win those and, but the truth is we could win all of those and, and still go down realistically um, and I think the thing I'm, I struggle to think about is are there going to be you know, another three teams that finish below us from where they're at so it's not just us who has to be you know, absolutely magnificent from now on we need other teams you know, and Villa are trying really hard for them so that's nice of them but um, you know, and Bournemouth too really but it's, you know, it's will there be another one Will a Brighton or a, you know somebody else get dragged into it? And it's it's tough, but we do have to win them. It's that simple, and it's not easy. Yeah, I, I wonder if Brighton will slip into it. They've got a really tough run of fixtures yeah. before they come to Carrow Road, starting with Arsenal this weekend. Although we saw after Leicester, didn't we? Norwich City win. Everyone else wins as well, which I think yeah. was the first time in like five years that that's happened, which is which is very typical. Sums the season up. It, it does. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, Southampton. How, how, what do you make of them? Obviously, no Redmond. Angus, Nathan Redmond's injured. Angus Gunn, of course, has been out of favour since that 9-0 defeat, which I think is always a bit harsh for a goalkeeper, isn't it, when they, when they get that uh, blamed. But Danny Ings, 15 goals this season. Norwich City are going to need to stop him. But Southampton generally have picked up in the league, haven't they? Yeah, they've had a very mixed bag this season. But... Um they're not going to be any, by any stretch of the emotion uh, a walkover, but then, you know, we're bottom of the table. Any team we play is going to be a better place than us right now. Um, but we've proved that, you know, when Leicester came, they were a third-place team and they came to Carrow Road and we beat them. So we have got the ability to do it on the day, um, but it's all about getting the tactics right and, and, you know, getting everything ready for that game. But I'd happily sneak another 1-0 win. <laughs> Very much, thanks. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we'd all take that. Ruthlessness, that's the key word that comes to mind when I think about Norwich City this year. Both boxes haven't quite been ruthless enough. Leicester City, we talk about that win, but it was a moment of quality, wasn't it? The one, they're going to need more of that. We, we, we will need more of that. And you mentioned the, the ruthlessness in each box, and that's really where Sheffield United were better than us. Uh, you know, ultimately, it's a really tight game, and it is, you know, fine margins. I know people are probably sick of hearing terms like fine margins, but it is. And you know, we've not meant, lost many by a lot. But you're right, we need to, again, before Sheffield United score, we have a chance and don't put it away. And then, you know, it just, you can see the players drop back a bit, their players get their heads up a bit. And it's just, there's been so many games like that this season. The Wolves at home was another classic where we dominated for an hour and then managed to lose it. So, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like they've found a way to lose games a bit too often, which is, is. which is a little bit of a shame. And it, uh, this, was, this was kind of where I've been in the start of this week. It's kind of like, well, lots of people are saying Norwich have played well and, and they're the best 20th place t- team, but what constitutes a good performance? Because he's playing well and having lots of nice passages of possession, which they do, and they do a lot of things well. Is that a good performance or is it actually what Sheffield United did, which is to sit in, take yeah. a moment of quality and win games? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult balance it's for sure. Isn't it? It is. And I think um, with, the, with the Leicester game, though we scored the one goal, we had lots of chances. It's just we kept like hitting him straight at the keeper. It's like we're missing that little... That little bit of skill that was just like, right, instead of going straight for the keeper, go for the top corner. Whereas last season, we would hit the ball and hit the back of the net. It didn't seem to magically happen. Whereas this year, we seem to be really struggling with that finishing. So we're getting the chances, we're getting in the box, but then we're just hitting straight at the keeper. Confidence, slut switch, isn't it? Uh, it seems easier to turn off than it does on, that's for yeah. sure. Um, I think that's pretty much all bases covered. Uh, Craig, Norwich City Fan Social Club. Yep. You've, you're obviously on here for a reason. I am, uh, tell us a little bit about the event that's coming up on Thursday evening. Okay, so a little bit about the social club. So I'm sure most people will have heard of us. If not, then um, we're basically a group of volunteers who raise, who organise events over the season, um, and you know that's primarily one of our, our main focuses is to get Norwich fans together and have a good time. Another one is to raise some money for the Community Sports Foundation, um, which we do uh, really well at, and. This next event, it's a great one for people of Terry and Myers vintage, um, but also for some of the younger ones if you want to come along. It's uh, the cl- Meet the Class of 93. It's tomorrow night. Doors open at 7, should start at 7.30. It's uh, £3 on the door for adults, £1 for under-16s. Uh, there's a raffle for the CSF, and we've got a memorabilia table, for some kindly donated items that will be up for, for purchase. We've got uh, Darren Eady, Jeremy Goss, Rural Fox, and uh, Rob Newman. So if you want to come along and hear about that, absolute heroes, you know, when we played in Europe and you can talk about, you know, the Bayern Munich game, Vitesse Arnhem, Inter Milan, you can maybe quiz Rob Newman as to why he hacked down Ruben Sosa for that penalty. But no, rather you than me, because he's a big lad. <laughs> you know, so it should be a really good event. And if you'd like to come on, it'd be great to see people there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It, it wasn't of my time, but uh, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, to hearing some well, of the stories. Yeah, imagine, imagine finishing third in the Premier League for the, some of the younger viewers. And you know, I'm just glad social media wasn't about then, because if you think there was a lack of investment and taking an opportunity now, imagine finishing third and not building on it. Twitter would have blown up. <laughs> would have blown up indeed. <laughs> yeah, it certainly would have. Uh, Terry, you're you're a columnist. I saw you. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you tweet it you put it somewhere that you seem to get a column after they win so do we I, need to give you more columns is, is that the way this yeah, works I think, I've, I've, I think is it five wins we've had this season I think so, yeah. and I think I've written the column after four of them so I've been ridic- it's a good record it's ridiculously if you were a manager you'd be, uh, yeah, you'd be pushing yeah. Yeah. I wish I had somehow an influence over it but yeah no I've been very very lucky with the, the columns that I've had this year um, I think Brighton is my next one so uh, yeah keep an eye on that result but yeah no and it's, I really love writing for the, uh, the column as well I really enjoy it and they're very good indeed guys uh, thank you very much uh, for, for joining me it's, it's been it's been good quite therapeutic to get the Sheffield United defeat off, off all of our chests I'm sure Southampton on Saturday we can look forward to certainly 
one that you'd uh, put in winnable brackets. Although whether that's uh, whether that'll actually uh, be the outcome or not, we'll, we'll see. Although for Norwich City, they are very much uh, they do very much need a win now, given where they are. Craig Terry, thank you very much for joining us, uh, guys. Thank you very much for watching, listening, whatever your preferred platform. And uh, yeah, we'll leave a review, like all that jazz that, that uh, I have to spiel. I have to give to you. It's, that's the one. See, uh, Terry, Terry's telling you to do it, not me. So you have to do it now. <laughs> thank you very much. We'll catch up after the Southampton game. Fingers crossed. We're back to the positivity of last week, as opposed to uh, perhaps uh, the pessimism of this week. See you soon.